0: So I wonder if your um, imagination is running wild with where you're nuts and where you're not only vaguely but probably a little consistently agitated and where you might be a little self-obsessed. So while you're imagining that, let your minister confess, I guess. The month this week has been interesting. It's Jasmine's last day at school, so after 17 years since Caitlin started out at nursery. And um, first classic with Caitlin at nursery was, it was 2001-2. So at the end of her year was the World Cup. And um, it was in Japan. So the matches were at lunchtime and Caitlin was in the afternoon nursery. So I'm watching Ireland, the Republic one um, playing Germany in one of these World Cup games and if you remember rightly we're going to talk a bit about football today but forgive me but um, Robbie Keane scored almost in the last minute for the Republic of Ireland and everything went nuts and I had my Irish flag and I was waving it crazy in the house on my own, literally, you know and um, Went over to Daravulgi where we lived and we had our bungalow and got out of the bungalow, said goodbye to Janice and Caitlin was going off and off I went to get the post or see if anybody was over in the office or what they thought of the game or whatever was going to happen and looked round and Caitlin waves out of the car at me as she goes off to school and then with her other hand waves the Irish flag that (laughs) she had in her hand. So all those memories come back when you're in your last day at school. And there's a graduation and all of that. And then, um, in a in much more serious, Janice's mum passed away 10 years ago yesterday. So that's lingering in the house over this week. And then, to be honest with you, there was another of our session LGBT days yesterday, trying to unpack that as a session. And that is wearingly in front of me as the week goes on. And then my laptop decides... That it's not going to work either. But actually more than that, and you're going to laugh and the laughter is part of the deal in this, more than that I'm aware as I was asking you, does others know about your agitation more than you? Because sometimes I ask myself, why am I agitated? Why on Friday night did I feel emotionally? Whew? And part of it is, I'm going to tell you it's straight and I want you on Good Shepherd Sunday to come with me in this for a moment. Part of it is that in three hours and 20 minutes George knows the last game of the season kicks off. And football is a blessing and an absolute curse in your life. Jasmine asked me this morning why daddy? And it's not understandable. But if you've got it if you don't have it, count yourself blessed. If you've got it, you cannot get rid of it. And so for 30 years, this didn't matter much to me because, well, we were going down most of the time. But over the last few years, my team, Manchester City, have had these opportunities like they have today. Just win at Brighton. I hear you saying it. It's going to be easy. No, it's not. It's not. It's not easy if it's churning up in your life the whole week. Because if John McMullen's going to be happy this afternoon, I'm going to have to be the loser. And I need to try and explain to you that it actually does really, really, really hurt. It does. Now, I've blogged this and I want to explain something to you. It's not a heartbreak, grieving hurt that goes on for a period of time. It's a quick impact hurt. But you see in that quick impact of the next 24 hours, if City lose this afternoon, just pray for the rest of the family. (laughs) Because there will be a mood in the house. I'd love to get rid of it. A couple of years ago, We were being unjustly beaten by Arsenal. No Stephen or we were. The ball was in play and it was a good goal. And if we'd gone two up, you were out of the cup. And because of the injustice, I went into the room, didn't watch the rest of the match, and just sat there saying, God, could I not just give this football thing up? And no. All things are possible. And actually, it was a rational comeback because the times and the places in the world that football has saved my life in the wrong place at the wrong time with maybe the right football shirt on have been too many to name in a sermon this morning so 50 years of the DNA here is something that I am and I am bringing that part of me to this table today because it is a part of who I am and it will be a part of the mood swings that I am whether you will ever understand it or not and I would suggest that if you're not a football fan you could never understand it but it's there Blame my parents. Sporting competitive people as they were. Or whatever it is. It is there. And so I come a little bit nuts today. I come a little bit self-absorbed. I come not vaguely agitated. I am agitated. And it's good to come. And to see what. Football is. Or whatever else it is. In the light of eternity or whatever but that's almost like throwing away who you are the wonder for me today is that I honestly believe that God knows that's part of who I am and that God loves every part of me whatever is agitated, nuts or vaguely obsessed and that I want to be known as I am fully known as I am understood As I am. Do all of us not want that? And that's what we're reading today in this passage in John 10. The lectionary brings us on Good Shepherd Sunday to this sense of being known. Of being known in the fullness of who we are. As Anna read earlier, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Right here in John 10, we find a safety and a security for those times that were nuts, self-absorbed and agitated because we have a shepherd who knows us and who understands us and because he became human and moved among us Hebrews 4 tells us can sympathize with our weaknesses I have no idea how good Nazareth United were or Bethlehem town or Capernaum or which one of those Jesus would have supported having haven't been around any of them but I get the sense that in my own idiosyncrasies in my own uniqueness and madness that the Bible tells me I am known by this shepherd and because the shepherd knows me he will lead me where I need to go of course this is echoing verses 3 and 5 from the start of the chapter he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought them out all his own uh, out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So here's a God, here's a shepherd that knows us. That goes out ahead of us because he knows us. Has he taken us into the, the quiet waters? Is he taken us to restore our soul? Is he taking us through the valley of the shadow? Wherever it is he needs to lead us because he knows us. We are called to know him and to follow. Because right in the heart of the chapter... Verse 11, not 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. To be known by God in all our totality. To be understood. I want to share briefly and then try to draw some conclusions and bring us to this table as quickly as I can. But I, um, this week, was drawn to um, a, a blog that I'd written quite a while ago um, that was based around um, a lecture I went to at Regent College Vancouver in 2005. It's a long, long time ago. But Daryl Johnson was the, the and I've mentioned Daryl a few times here in Fitzroy. Daryl was the, the lecturer on preaching. And many times he, he taught us how to preach by giving us um, a sermon, and um, Martin Baxter, who was my man from um, up from around Bally he used to come up to my office that I had in Regent, and he would say, "Oh, you need to come now, Darrell's doing Philippians chapter one. You don't need to miss this one." And I would drop whatever I was doing and go down for the hour and just spend it listening to Darrell. And Darrell was preaching on that uh, prayer that I prayed in the middle of our prayer. Um, it's uh, Philippians chapter one, it's verse nine. Uh, This is my prayer, says Paul, that that your love may abound more and more in knowledge, let's hold that word for a moment, and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And Darrell took this word knowledge, and we're talking about being known as shepherds, and he said that this knowledge, this word no in Philippians chapter 1 was not a, just a cognitive knowledge. It wasn't a knowledge like you're going to be able to use in your exam soon. This was an experiential knowledge. That this was the same word for the intimacy of marriage. That this was a covenantal. This was, uh, this was a living. This was an experiential understanding of what love is. Not numbers, names or statistics but known experientially. And that righteousness, Darrell says, is bigger than just a legal righteousness that uh, Philip might declare some days in work. That this was an experience of a righteousness in our relationships. It was an experience in our relationships of rightness. So the knowledge is more than cognitive. The knowledge is an experiential knowledge. And the righteousness is experiential too. And he would say that therefore to know systematic theology but to treat others in the wrong way pastorally or dismissively in discussion or unlovingly. It might be cognitively smart but it's not Christian knowledge. Christian knowledge is when we know in the depth of our being and in the reality and honesty of our relationship. Like the good shepherd knows us. We're known. Yes, the numbers of the hair in our head are known. And for some of us, that's easier than others. Or not as easy for others. But it's not about knowing numbers. God knows us. And we need to know that we are known. And I told a story in the blog that expresses this. When Ken, my predecessor, um, Ken Yule, went off to Indonesia... The Catholic priest came and knocked his door. And Ken being at that stage. Well he was out of the orange order. But he was still from the shore road you know. That's not the right accent for the shore road. Ignore that and let's move on. Um, But they started to talk theologically. Catholic, Protestant, theology, theology, theology. And they were getting nowhere. Until they dropped the theology. And started to get to know each other. It's that kind of knowledge it's not about the head or debate or discussion it's about getting to know each other even if we support Manchester City and even if we don't understand how that could possibly hurt this afternoon session over this last year have been going through that process for five Saturdays I think it is sometimes seems a lot more we gathered together to look at what the General Assembly decided last June. And we've spent a lot of time listening. Listening to people from the LGB community. Listening to different biblical perspectives on the issue. Listening to many of you as you've come and shared your views with us. But most of all, and I would suggest most precious of all, We have listened to each other in ways that we never listened to each other before. Because there is a range of opinions in the room about this issue. But we've held them with respect. We've shared them openly and that took time. Before we felt we could be completely open, it took time to listen. took time to get to know each other. But our knowledge of one another now, I think we would all have agreed yesterday morning as we met, is substantially different than the cognitive knowledge we had of each other before this process started. It took us to get beyond just the head. And to really get to open up ourselves to be known. And it's been a precious journey of tears and honesty and courage throughout. And I know what you're asking. Okay, that's great Steve, you've had a great time but what have you concluded? That might be said next week at our AGM but let me suggest in the context of the more, this morning's sermon some of the things maybe very quickly that I think we've discerned. I think all of us are in agreement that anything that happened at last year's General Assembly that hurt some of our community because you are LGBT or know people in your family that are LGBT, we regret that hurt incredibly. And we would hate that that hurt might hide you from being fully known not only as you come to this table because maybe you're thinking you can't come to this table we don't believe that we believe that you need to be who you are and all of yourself and known to god and all of yourself and know that you're loved as you are oh we have different opinions of the further part of the journey down the road in this and there is a journey to travel for sure but what we are united with is this. We want to hold Fitzroy together in all the different opinions on this issue. And we want pastorally to make sure that nobody is hurt or damaged emotionally, mentally, or spiritually because they feel they might sense some rejection from us or God. On Good Shepherd Sunday, can I invite all of us, in fact, I'm not inviting because it's not my place to invite. Can I say that we as a session believe that this table is not the Presbyterian Church in Ireland's table, that this table is not Fitzroy's table. We believe that this is the table of the Lord Jesus Christ and whoever you are and whatever you've had to hide and whatever you haven't had to hide, But whether you're hurt or damaged or rejected, we long that you would know that Jesus welcomes you in these next moments to this table. Because not to be known leaves something of us open to damage and hurt. Denial is not a good thing in mental health or spiritual health. And we long that every one of us might get to know each other in this congregation more over not only the next year but the next number of years. And I think out of yesterday and the follow-up to yesterday we will be looking at ways that we as a congregation can get to know each other more than cognitively but experientially with a righteousness that's not some holy idea or doctrine but as a rightness of relationship between each other. If you're in the gallery and you want to come and join us for communion please come down during this next hymn but let's pray together before we do that. Lord you know us better than we know ourselves. In fact, Lord, there are parts of us today that we don't yet know, that you already know. We pray, Lord, that as we get to know ourselves and as we get to know each other and as we get to know you, we will know experientially That we are known and that we are loved as we are. Help us not to be in denial, Lord. Help us not to hide. Lord, I pray you, by your Holy Spirit, would make this a community of people where we can all be who we are and know love and support and right relationship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.